0: I loved the emotional rush of being scared. I still do, of course. I don't go out much to haunted houses, but I still love good, old fashioned, scary stories. Listener discretion is advised.
1: The story I'm talking about involves sexual assault and suicide. This is the story of Retea Parsons, a 17-year-old girl from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Canada. She experienced something that no one should ever have to go through, an experience that would haunt her so deeply that she felt like there was no other way to escape the pain than to take her own life. Her story is not only heartbreaking, but disturbing, uncomfortable, and it's a huge warning to all parents that we need to better protect our children and be more accountable of our parenting. After listening, if you have teenagers or preteens at home, maybe it's time to open a dialogue with them about their own experiences because knowing what's going on in their lives is half the battle. It's only then that we can take action as necessary. Retea Parsons, who also went by Ray, did not live a long life, but she did leave a legacy behind. She made a huge impact on everyone she met in the 17 years that she walked this planet. Retea was born on December 9th, 1995, to her parents Glenn Canning and Leah Parsons. The couple had actually broken up before she was born, but they did an incredible job of co-parenting and ensuring that Ray always knew she had the love and support from both her parents. Retea was named after her mother's niece, Heather, as Retea was Heather spelled backwards. Leah Parsons had fallen in love with the name when she was only 13 years old way before she was pregnant, and she just knew if she were to have a daughter, she would name her Retea. The name was as unique and beautiful as Ray would be, so it was quite fitting. Growing up, Retea lived full-time with her mother Leah in Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia, along with her two half-sisters, but her father lived close by, so she would spend a ton of time with him too. Although not traditional, they were still a very close family. As a little girl, Ray was quiet and shy. She loved anything and everything to do with nature, science, and animals. She was always a very cautious child, aware of her surroundings. She was sensitive, and she had so much empathy for those around her. For animals, for humans, for her friends and family. She loved deeply, and she felt deeply. Her mother at times worried that she might not be tough enough for this harsh world, but Ray was equally as strong-headed, resilient, and brave. When she was 15 years old, Ray started grade 10 at Cole Harbor District High School, and in the beginning, she really thrived there. She was a straight-A student, she made friends very quickly, and she was excited about the future. In her first month at school on September 26, 2011, she wrote the following journal entry. It said, My favorite part of the year is learning new things. I really enjoy my visual arts class and English. I love making new friends and meeting new people. High school for me means learning to drive, making money, turning 16, and planning for the rest of my life. I'm very much looking forward to the rest of high school. Ray had her own cell phone and like most teens her age, she was constantly on it, texting her friends, making plans. Her parents were just happy to see her breaking out of her shell a bit, because like I said, While she was incredibly kind and friendly, she was also very shy and reserved. That is, of course, until you got to know her, and she felt comfortable to share more of herself. I find I'm very much the same way now, but even more so in high school. I had this small network of friends, and unless I felt comfortable with you, I mostly just kept to myself. One of Ray's friends was a young lady named Lucy, One evening in November of 2011, Ray asked if she could go to a sleepover at Lucy's house and her mother said that that would be fine, but she wanted to speak with Lucy's mother first just to confirm the plans. Leah called Lucy's mother and everything seemed to check out, which I mean kudos to Leah for actually taking a minute to ensure that this was the plan and the parents were aware. But neither mother realized that Lucy and Ray had plans that evening to go to the home of a boy, The house was located in Eastern Passage, about 20 minutes away from where Ray lived by car. It was a fairly small gathering with four boys and Lucy and Ray, and these were boys that they had hung out with before, so they were familiar with them. The teens decided that they were going to do some shots of straight-up vodka, and a lot of them. One of the boys there said that he had taken around 11 shots himself, and that Ray had eight shots of vodka. For a 15-year-old girl who weighed maybe 100 pounds soaking wet, this is a lot more alcohol than one can handle, and it hit her hard. There are a few versions of events of what would happen in the home that evening, and we will get into that later, but what we do know is that the teens were severely intoxicated, and they were engaging in sexual activity. The following morning, Ray wakes up in the spare bedroom of the boy's home, and she's alone. There's no sign of her friend Lucy anywhere, so she has to make her own way back to her home in Cole Harbor. Ray would later say that the events that happened that night were really fuzzy because she had been very intoxicated. Her mother noted that she was acting a bit off when she arrived home that morning, but her mom didn't know the extent of what might be troubling her. Now, a few days pass, and Retea begins to notice that there's this weird vibe at school. People are treating her differently, and she thinks they're whispering about her behind her back. Her friend Lucy, who she had gone to the party with, wasn't speaking to her. And then, she finds out why. There was a very disgusting and compromising photo of her being shared around school and on social media. The photo was taken at the boys' house, It shows her naked from the waist down, with her head out a window because she's vomiting. There's a boy standing behind her, having sex with her, and he's smiling at the camera, giving a thumbs up. Her classmates are sharing this photo around and calling her the most horrible names. As if high school isn't hard enough, I can't imagine having such a graphic photo being seen by everyone in your school and then being used as a way to bully and berate you. So, Ray, like, she's devastated. And then she gets a text message from the boy in the photo, the one who is pictured standing behind her in this very vulnerable moment, smiling and giving the thumbs up. The message says, Are you okay with what happened? And not really knowing how to respond, Ray plays it off with a response that says, LOL, it's cool. Now there is literally no way, just no way that it's cool. It would never be cool or okay for this to happen to anyone, but Ray doesn't want to make a big deal out of it because things are bad enough as is. She has no idea that this response she just gave would be used against her later. Ray leaves school that day in tears. When Leah, Ray's mom, arrives home from work later that day, she finds Retea sitting down, rocking back and forth, crying. Leah is able to get Ray to open up about what's happening. Thankfully, they have this really close, really open communication type relationship. Ray tells her about the photo and what she can remember from the night that the photo was taken. She says she's beginning to remember the events of the evening. There were a few different boys and one came up behind her and was breathing on her neck while she was throwing up out the window and he raped her. And now, there's a photo of that very thing being passed around her high school in the community she had grown up in since she was five years old. Leah comforts her daughter, listening to the details of what happened, and reminds her that she did absolutely nothing to deserve this. Leah also wants consequences brought forward for the boys who did this, and together, they go into the police station to file a report the following day. Retea tells the police about the boy and the assault, how she was far too intoxicated to consent, and that now the photo was being passed around the school. The police take down the details and they let her know that they'll follow up. But in the meantime, Retea has to continue to try to carry on, to go to school, all the while the bullying, the gossip, the rumors just continue to grow and swirl. She goes from being this bubbly teenager to anxious and depressed, All of her friends have cut her off completely for fear of being associated with her. And Coal Harbor, it's a small community, so gossip spreads fast. Everyone knows everyone else, and everyone knows each other's business. It was really difficult for Ray to get up each morning and continue to carry on, especially while she felt like a social pariah. Her father, Glenn, really struggled with what to do when he learned what had happened to his daughter— I'm pretty sure most fathers would have that knee-jerk reaction to show up at the boys' door and kick their ass. But of course, you can't actually do that. It doesn't help anything. So Glenn asks Ray what he can do to help her, to support her, and she tells him to just keep being her dad because when she's with him, everything feels normal. It wasn't long before Leah gets a call from the police unit in charge of the investigation, and they ask Ray to come back in and make another statement. This time, she must do it alone without her mother, and it's videotaped. They question her for hours, and at one point, they ask her about that text exchange with the boy from the photo, where she responds with, lol, it's cool. They ask her to clarify what she meant by that, because it contradicted her statement that she was assaulted. Retea remains firm in her statements, and when the interview is over, they tell her that they'll follow up if they have any updates. And while they believed that an investigation was ongoing, the bullying and the harassment of Retea did not let up. Approximately four months after the alleged sexual assault, she was admitted to the IWK Health Center, Halifax's Children's Hospital because she was suicidal and she needed help with her mental health. She would stay six weeks in psychiatric care, and Ray would allege that during her stay there, she had been strip-searched by two male workers— They were looking for razors and anything else that she might use to hurt herself. The hospital has denied these claims, but can you imagine how traumatic it would be to have to strip down in front of two men while you're in treatment for suicidal tendencies due to being sexually assaulted? When she was released from psychiatric care, Ray would switch schools. Actually, Ray would switch schools four times in a year and a half. From her original high school, Coal Harbor, over to Prince Andrew High in Dartmouth. This is where she met her best friend, Bryony Jollymore. The two were almost immediate friends, laughing over the fact that they both had very unique names. They had a lot in common, and they became inseparable. However, it wasn't long until that photo would get passed along to her new school. One day, a group of girls circled Retea and Bryony. They called Ray a slut and told her that they had seen the photos. One girl asked her if she liked it, or if she got paid to take the photo. It felt to Rotea like she would never be able to escape this picture. The rumors, the bullying, it was all over social media, and it would be shared across multiple networks of teens all over the Halifax area. She would switch schools again, this time to Citadel High School in Halifax, but then she would return to Prince Andrew in February of 2013 constantly running from the events of what happened that evening and the photo that documented it all. As much as her mother tried to shield her and fix things, Leah had to watch her daughter suffer every day. And while the bullying continued, there was no progress being made on the legal case. It took 12 months since the initial report for an update in the case, but it was not what they had hoped for. The head of Special Investigations Unit called Leah and told her that there was not going to be any charges laid for child pornography or sexual assault. The LOL, it's cool text that Ray had responded with was going to be used against her, suggesting that it constitutes consent. Police say that there's insufficient evidence of an assault other than Ray's word. As for the child pornography charges, her face wasn't in the photo, So while everyone knew that it was Ray in the picture, there could be no charges brought forward. So I have not seen the photo, of course. I have no idea if it's on Google. I mean, just about everything is on Google, but I sure as hell hope not. And I wasn't gonna go looking for it because to me that feels like violating Retea all over again. But from the description of what was in the photo, I can't understand why a sexual assault charge wouldn't be brought forward. Her head is out the window. She's throwing up because she's had so much alcohol to drink. A severely intoxicated person cannot consent. But it seems like this is the end of the legal road for Ray. And as difficult as it is, Ray really tries to just keep moving forward and to get back on her feet. It's around March 2013, about a year and a half since the photo was taken, and things seem to be improving in terms of Ray's overall mood and her disposition. She even has a boyfriend that she really likes. But we don't always know what's really going on in someone's head. Outwardly, they may be smiling and generally happy, but inside they could still really be struggling, and unfortunately this seemed to be the case with Ray. In April 2013, one evening, Leah was in bed while Retea was out with a couple of her friends. Suddenly, there's a knock on the door and it's one of Ray's friends who says that Ray is upset and she's locked herself in the bathroom. Her mom goes to try to see if she can calm her down and get her to come out. Apparently she's had some sort of argument with a friend and she may or may not have broken up with her boyfriend. There's a couple of different reasons that have been brought forward as to why she's so upset. But Leah is trying to calm her down. She knocks on the door, calling her name, and no one's answering. Leah says she feels weight on the door and thinks that Ray is pushing against it to keep her from coming in but she keeps pushing and she finally gets the door open and there's Ray. She had hung herself in the bathroom. Retea is barely breathing, but she's alive. She's rushed to the hospital and put on life support. At first, her family is hopeful that she'll pull through, but Retea's body begins to shut down. And on April 7th, her parents make the difficult decision to take her off of life support. Retea has lost her battle with depression. Her family is, of course, dead devastated they know that she's been through some really difficult times she probably hadn't thought it through but she had been struggling for quite some time with a sexual assault and this was probably just the straw that broke the camel's back her mother is angry that nothing more was done with regards to the alleged assault and the intimate photo that was taken plus all of the cyberbullying and harassment all of which contributed to the steep decline in her mental health On April 8th, the day after Ray has died, Leah turns to Facebook to fight for justice for her daughter. She was determined to be her voice now that Ray could no longer speak for herself. So she created a memorial page for Retea and put up a post on Facebook. It went viral. I'm going to read it to you now. It said, This page is dedication to my wonderful daughter who was smart, beautiful, and full of life with a deep compassion to animals. The person Retea once was all changed one dreaded night in November 2011. She went with a friend to another's home. In that home, she was raped by four young boys. One of those boys took a photo of her being raped and decided it would be fun to distribute the photo to everyone in Retea's school and community where it quickly went viral. Because the boys already had a slut story, the victim of the rape, Retea, was considered a slut. This day changed the lives of our family forever. I stopped working that very day, and we have all been on this journey of emotional turmoil ever since. Retea was suddenly shunned by almost everyone she knew. The harassment was so bad, she had to move out of her own community to try to start anew in Halifax. She struggled emotionally with depression and anger. Her thoughts of suicide began, and fearing for her life, she placed herself in a hospital in an attempt to get help. She stayed there for almost six weeks. The bullying continued. Her friends were not supportive. She needed a friend and eventually along the way, a few new friends came along and a few old friends came forward. Ray then moved back to Dartmouth, always with a concern of what will be said about her, said to her. Again, she was the one raped. She was the victim, being victimized over and over again. One year later, the police conclude their investigation to state that it comes down to he said, she said. They believed the boys raped her, but the proof in a court of law was difficult to gather. The photo sent, well, Leah, that's a community issue. The bullying never stopped, but she learned to keep her head high and surrounded herself with the ones who truly cared. I have eternal gratitude for her friends Jenna, Dawid, and Mike for the past few months. They are the ones she leaned on for strength and courage. Just two weeks ago, she stopped smoking pot, started looking for work, and with the help of one of her teachers and a new therapist, she was making progress. When the calming effects of the pot subsided, her feelings of anger began to resurface and she was struggling. I will say that she has told me many times that, Mom, although I feel like killing myself, I could never do that to you because you would be devastated. This past week, she was having lots of mood swings, and her boyfriend Mike and Jenna wore the brunt of it. But Thursday, April 4th, she had a great day, made plans for the weekend, etc. Later that evening, she had an outburst, acted on impulse, and locked herself in the bathroom. And to stop any rumors from spreading, she acted on an impulse. But I truly, in my heart of heart, do not feel she meant to kill herself. By the time I broke into the bathroom, it was too late. My beautiful girl had hung herself and was rushed to the hospital where she remained on life support until last night. This page is to celebrate the Retea we knew and loved. One of Ray's pet peeves was that when someone passed away, suddenly they were liked and people cared. She wouldn't want people who bullied her, talked about her, put negative statuses about her over the past year, and sent awful messages to be on this page. I know who you are because one message was a pain we shared together. There was not much that she didn't tell me or show me. People were so very cruel to her. So if you were one that felt it okay to bully someone in so much pain, stay away. Ritea is gone today because of the four boys that thought that raping a 15-year-old girl was okay and to distribute a photo to ruin her spirit and reputation would be fun. Secondly, all the bullying and messaging and harassment that never let up are also to blame. Lastly, the justice system failed her. Those are the people that took the life of my beautiful girl. Retea stood up for others, showed compassion to animals and people. She was an amazing artist. She made my life complete. When Retea was born, I dedicated everything to her and promised her the world. Others in this world took that away from her. When the local community read the post about what had happened to Retea and how the boys were never charged for what they did, there was a wave of shock and anger. There were massive protests, people demanding justice for Ray holding signs with her photo, crying, wanting something to be done to bring about justice for her. And then, Anonymous picked up the story. Yes, Anonymous, the online hacker vigilante group, and they put out their own statement. They demanded that the police charge the boys or else they were going to publicly release their names.
0: This is a statement from Anonymous. We engaged Oak justice for Rata this morning in response to the suicide of Reta Parsons. Justice Minister Ross Landy says that it is important for Nova Scotians to have faith in their justice system. Mr. Landy, justice is in your hands. We can confirm the identities of two of the four alleged rapists. We are currently confirming a third and it is only a matter of time before the fourth is identified as well. Our demands are simple, we want the ends. RCMP to take immediate legal action against the individuals in question. We encourage you to act fast. If we were able to locate these boys within two hours, it will not be long before someone else finds them. We do not approve of vigilante justice as the media claims. That would mean we approve of violent actions against these rapists at the hands of an unruly mob. What we want is justice. And that's your job. So do it. The names of the rapists will be kept until it is apparent you have no intention of providing justice to Rita's family. Please be aware that there are other groups of Anons also attempting to uncover this information and they may not to wish to wait at all. Better act fast. Be aware that we will be organizing large demonstrations outside of your headquarters. The rapists will be held accountable for their actions.
1: While much of the small community knew the names of the boys involved, there was a publication ban because they were minors at the time. But the police remained firm that they don't have any evidence to support a charge and they aren't going to be opening the investigation again. However, around this time, Ray's mother Leah receives a text message from the boy in the photo. He says he wants to explain things from his side of the story. He recalls the events from his perspective that evening. It's not an apology, it's just an explanation. But one thing he does admit is that it is Retea in the photo, and now Leah has it in writing that it is her in the picture. Remember, the police weren't going to bring about child pornography charges because you couldn't see Retea's face in the photos, and now Leah had proof that it was Retea. A few months later, on August 8th, two men, who were now 18 years old, were charged in the case. One was charged with two counts of distributing child pornography and the other was charged with making and distributing child pornography. However, police say that there's insufficient evidence for a rape charge. Both boys are found guilty of the child pornography charges, but neither of them faced jail time. And Retea's mother actually supported this decision. When she was asked about how she felt with the sentencing, she said, "'There is nothing that will bring my daughter back.'" I can't go back in time, so what is justice? A jail cell? What would jail do to help the situation? And it's true, I mean, at that point, I don't think that jail time would have really done anything except take them and turn them into two criminals. While their names have never been publicly released, the whole community knows who they are, and in my opinion, that might even be worse. But while a large part of the community supported Ray and was happy with these charges— although too damn late, there were still many that supported the boys while continuing to slut-shame Ritea. Was Ray perfect? No. A lot of her social media referred to drug and alcohol use. There was a Facebook account created called Real Ritea Parsons where the profile picture was of Ray blowing smoke out of her mouth and holding a joint. It seemed as if they were using anything that they possibly could to shame Ritea and continue to put her down, even in death. But I don't understand how anyone can dispute that photo that was taken of her. It was disgusting. It's a woman vomiting out of a window. A woman vomiting out of a window cannot consent to sex. There was an internal review of how the case was handled by the Halifax police. And here's a couple of things that they found. In the first interview with Retea when she went into the police station, proper protocol wasn't followed. The officer unnecessarily interviewed her at length, and a social worker should have been present. So unfortunately, this meant that Ray had to be interviewed at length a second time, which is against proper protocol. The investigation also failed to address the cyberbullying that Retea had experienced, Police were unsuccessful in intervening to stop that circulation of the photo, when really they could have gotten a search warrant to obtain the photo from the boys' phones. At least that would have sent a message to anyone else sharing the photos. Also, the school that Retea attended apparently thwarted attempts by police to question the students, and the Crown gave the police improper advice regarding the potential child pornography charges. They were the ones that said no charges could be brought forward because you couldn't see her face, and this simply wasn't true. There were a lot of failures here, a lot of systems that really let Retea Parsons down. The school did not try to protect her or manage the photo distribution, and the police, well, they were slow to do much of anything. What those boys did to her, what the bullies did, and the failings of these institutions, they are the reason that Retea is no longer here today. But her mother, Leah, has refused to let her daughter's legacy go down like that. She's created the Retea Parsons Society, which is a nonprofit society focused on wellness through education, awareness, and prevention of sexualized violence and cyber abuse. They do outreaches to schools and youth groups. They also support individuals who are struggling from the trauma of sexualized violence and cyber harassment. All in Retea's name, and I'll have the link for that in my show notes. Now, remember at the beginning of tonight's story, I told you that there were varying versions of events from the night that the photo was taken. Well, there were. The friend that Ray had went to the boy's house with, her friend Lucy. Well, Lucy had told the police that she liked one of the boys who was there. And so she had told Ray not to do anything with him because she liked him. According to her, she got up to go outside for a smoke. And when she came back inside, she saw Ray in the same position as in the photo. She got angry at her and left her at the party. When she returned home without Retea, her mother demanded that she go back and get her because Retea was supposed to sleep there that night. Lucy said she went back to the house, but Ray wouldn't get up, so she left her there. Retea slept in the spare bedroom at the home. According to the boy that lived there, he didn't want her sleeping in his bed that night in case she threw up. Now, the boy who posed for the photo, he's always maintained that it was consensual even when he was in court for those child pornography charges. He said, I will not live with the guilt of someone passing away, but I will live with the guilt of sending the picture. I have pled guilty to distributing child pornography, not a sexual assault. I never played a part in the bullying of Retea, nor would I. According to him, at no time did he believe that she was so drunk she didn't know what she was doing or that she wasn't consenting. Which, in my opinion might be believable if we didn't have photo proof that she was vomiting out the window because she was so intoxicated. And if he hadn't admitted that he had her sleep alone in the spare room because he didn't want her vomiting in his bed. Christy Blatchford from the National Post is the one that conducted this interview where this guy shares his version of events. If you give it a Google, if you care to read the rest of the story, I'm sure you can find it. This will conclude the episode.